DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be, full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. Got a couple things breaking this morning. June Jones doing some interviews, throwing his hat in the ring for the vacant job at Hawaii. So all you Utah State fans, keep your eye on that. June Jones is 68 years old, and he left Hawaii after taking him to the Sugar Bowl, an undefeated regular season. They were the rare group of five team that just got annihilated in their BCS Bowl game. Georgia really crushed him. But it was a great season for Hawaii. He had a great run there and really embraced it. He's been off to SMU and the XFL and somewhere else. You can't remember. But uh, he is interested in going back to Hawaii, so he's throwing his name in the hat there. Penny Hardaway, former uh, Shaq teammate. Looked like he was going to have a great NBA career, but it got curtailed by injuries. And he's coaching at Memphis, and he's just about had it. If you haven't seen the rant, I can't quote the many words he used. But he was in Jerry Sloan mode there in front of the uh, microphones telling the media about what bleeping stories they can write and what bleeping stuff they shouldn't write and the bleeping injuries. And now people are going back at him with, oh, look at all the injuries Houston has. They've lost more starter games than you guys have, and they're 16-2. and two. And So Penny's, Penny's in a little bit of hot water. It's time now to talk Utah Jazz. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Joins us right now, David Locke's weekly appearance is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Hello, David. James, what's the best thing happening in your life right now? Talking to you. Well, that's a good answer, but you're full of crap! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, David, the Jazz are 3-7 and in the last 10. And I got this theory because they're 2-0 and against the Nuggets and 1-7 and against everybody else. And even I said that, even Joe Ingles went, because <laughs> you know what that means. They got focused for the Nuggets because they had a great playoff series with the Nuggets and the Joker won the MVP and everybody knows he's really good and they step up their game. And if they played at the level that beat Denver twice, they probably would have won a bunch of those other games. So how much of this is playing to the level of the competition, regardless of how shorthanded they are or aren't? And obviously, they've been very shorthanded in, in this stretch of games. Yeah, I'm not going there. Really? Yeah. Yep. I'm a little surprised. Why not? Um, they played four games without Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert is like the most impactful player in the sure. NBA. Yep. But they could have beat Detroit without him. I don't think they should be going undefeated without Rudy. I get it. It's a big loss, and you can't replace him. So, I mean, like, how worried are you about the Warriors? A little bit. Well, I guess if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you're not worried. You're looking over at them going, well, they don't seem exactly right, do they? So, I'm not too worried about the Warriors. I mean, the only thing I'm you're worried right, about the you're Warriors. You're writing this off to dog days? I mean, dog days, injuries, shorthanded. So, the only thing I'm worried about the Warriors is that Draymond Green's calf injury is caused by a back problem. Like, to me, that's concerning. Their play on the court? Eh. Like, they have one of the most impactful players in the NBA. Really, ironically, or maybe not ironically, but, you know, in many ways, very, very similar to Rudy Gobert. And they don't have him. They're not as good. And so they lose. Like, how did they lose the Pacers last night? That's uh, insane. How did the Jazz lose to the Pacers? Are the Pacers suddenly good? No, because the Pacers didn't have Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, Demata Sabonis, and Miles Turner last night. So that team is not good.
So the team hasn't been healthy in the last 10 games, and the Jazz aren't winning the championship if they aren't healthy. So, of course, they don't look good, and Jazz fans feel lousy right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of it. I hate to know it's so boring, and there's stuff that's not right. Like, so we've lost more double-digit second-half leads than any team in the NBA this year. Well, that's not good. Okay, that's not great. It <laughs> is not good. I did not now, know that stat. You want to get on focus. There now it is. Now we can talk. There it is. I'll go there as focus. So we've lost seven games this year in which we have led by double digits in the second half. We hadn't lost seven games. We led by double digits in the second half over the last two years. We were 80 and seven in that circumstance. Over the last two years, now all of a sudden we're like twenty-two and seven. So to me, that now we're talking. The fact that we and and I think there's I did this on my podcast today, and I don't know if you want to get into it. I actually think last year has become a really detrimentally false reference point to who we are as a team and a franchise. Because I think it's actually a little problematic for us. Um, I can get into that if you want to, but well, is that a simple? Uh, but anyway, the, the we short short version of that is because they had the one seed, they basically caught the rabbit, and now they're viewed as they underachieved in the playoffs, and it's in everybody's head. No, is that what you're getting at? No, short version that in a COVID year with no practice, no shoot arounds. We were just way better prepared than everyone else. Mm, Our coaching staff figured out a way to do it. Our players didn't get injuries and have COVID, so it's continuity. We are – our players – our players kind of understood what we were doing on a regular basis, and so therefore – Yeah, I see where you're going. Right? We just want – most teams didn't shoot around last year and didn't prepare. And so we got everyone. Had a roster with continuity, didn't need those shoot-arounds and practices as much as other teams did that had less continuity. Didn't have a long playoff run, so when the short turnaround happened, weren't impacted the same way the teams were that went to a conference final and NBA final. I see where you're going. And so I think that matters a lot to last year that we're 52 and 20 is just maybe a false reference point for us. Um And so we're one of the best teams in the West, which is what we were two years ago. We're probably, I don't know, like it's easy to say we're a piece short of a championship. And I get it. But like Milwaukee at this point last year was a piece short of a championship. And then they got a Miami team. It was all beat up in the playoffs. They gained some confidence. And then Kevin Durant's foot was just a little long. And then they got very fortunate and got an Atlanta team that, wasn't ready to be where they were. So if we were to go get a playoff series tomorrow where we, let's say, started with the Clippers and Paul George was beat up and we got through that series and then in the second round we beat Phoenix on a last-second play where Chris Paul turned it over and then we got lucky and got a – there's not, a, there's not an Atlanta, equivalent Atlanta, I don't think, but like – in the Western Conference Finals, we'd go to the finals. Because it all lined up. Minnesota Timberwolves would have to be your equivalent to Atlanta in the West. Right. I actually thought that, and I just, right. But it's a very, you know, and they somehow snuck through. Like, yeah, that's 100%. That's, that's kind of 100%. 
So I, I don't know. I mean, we're not right. Let's not let's not like Pollyanna this thing. I think the blown uh, double-digit leads is a great point. And I think the blown now I'm going to pile on a little bit. Like I'm like I'm not totally clear on what's going on. So I, I can float from one side of this issue to the other pretty fast. Um, so if I'm going to now pile on a little bit. Is the seven double-digit leads the same thing that blows a 3-1 series lead to the Nuggets and a 2-0 series lead to the Clippers and a 25-point halftime lead in that game, right? Like, now are you going to take this back and say, this is act, there's the issue. Yes. There's, I, like, my gut that, rea- that's piling off. Yeah, my gut reaction is you're on to something there. So, you know, and then, but like, and so my thought on that is it's actually the reason we don't didn't used to lose like we've lost more games to below 500 teams this year than we did all of again I'm going to last year is that same kind of question we started with is that actually a fair concept to even go to last year because of what we talked about but the, my my feeling on that is that we were really good defensively and so if you get up by 10 or if you are playing a lesser team and you're really good defensively it's really hard for someone to beat you and we're not very good defensively. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Do you know if... Do you want my next completely non-scientific issue that's going on in the NBA? I have no way to prove this. This probably shouldn't... This is not my greatest moment. Um, I'm relatively convinced without any data to prove it because I can't figure out how to prove it. Guys are not coming back right after COVID. Well, that I think is a mixed bag. Taking longer than just coming out of health and safety protocols for you to play right. Let's go with that. There there are definitely, and I've definitely read stories with guys who are saying a month later and I just, I don't have the wind. I can't, you know, I can't catch my breath. You know, six minutes. I mean, it's almost like hockey shifts for some of these guys. You know, they can come in and they can go hard, but they they can't play a full quarter. Right. I mean, they just can't. Now, I think there are other guys who are coming in and they are. I think that's the crazy thing about COVID is that, you know, one person is asymptomatic, another person is sick, and another person is hospitalized. And for somebody else, it's fatal. You know, right. and, and you don't know who's who and it doesn't always make sense and you just got to go case by case for how it plays out. I've, I've even talked to some people here in town who've had it and the two times they had it were different. You know, one, one time they had it, they cruised through it. The other time they had it, it was pretty bad. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I know. So as I said, like I was trying to play around with numbers. I don't know what I was going to try to find. Like it a four game sequence, a five game sequence. But I just think we're just have. You know, that's, that's worth noting that there's some, you know, I'm not sure if it's quite right. So it's a hard, it's a hard season, I think. Like, here's what we're actually talking about, David, and this is at least from my standpoint where it's very difficult. So we're talking about the dog days, which you brought up, 100%. These are the dog days. Like, this is, if you want to know how an NBA player believes about 41, it's not like, oh, cool, we're done with 41. It's, oh, dear God, there's 41 left. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's how they see it. So that's part one. Part two, we're dealing with a pandemic that is taking players in and out of the lineups at a really weird, inconsistent rate and at a high rate at one time for teams, right? You didn't used to have five players get hurt at one time. Number two, you're having a recovery from a pan- from COVID that we don't actually understand. Number three, we're coming off a season 
last year that was not normal or natural and might not actually be good data points by which we're having reference points. And that really makes all of this very difficult. Like, and if you're Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck going into a trade deadline, I don't know what your reference point is on what you think this team – you're obviously watching what you're watching on the court – but, like, it's a very – I'd have a very hard time making decisions based on the last seven games. I'm not entirely sure I feel comfortable making decisions off 72 games of last year. So this is unrelated to everything else, but since you bring up the trade deadline, I'm curious how you value Jeremy Grant because he is the one guy – if he's actually going to be moved, and I'm not 100% clear on why Detroit's going to move him or if they should or if they will – I think if I were them, I wouldn't probably, but maybe you'll educate me on why I'm wrong about that. Uh, they're they're going to have cap room next year. They got $50 million coming off their salaries. They got Cunningham, number one pick, young talent. The grant, if they add a piece or two to that, it seems to me they could be at least decent pretty quickly. But if they do move them as a guy who's got some size and a guy who is definitely athletic and a guy who, when he's on good teams, can shoot the three well, he's got a couple of years in the league shooting at 39%. He's not doing it in Detroit now. Uh, but I think if he were on a a good team, that number could come back up. He shoots free throws well. You can play him at the end of games, not worry about that. He checks a lot of boxes. If if he moves, can he really tip the balance of power? So, two multiple things here. One is Detroit moves him if they get two first-round picks. Okay? That's yeah. what I've heard. Detroit, we don't have two first-round picks. Right. So, that eliminates us largely from the conversation. I think the biggest question you'd have to have on Jeremy Grant is Jeremy Grant got offered the exact same amount of money from Detroit as he did in Denver. But he went to Detroit because he wanted to prove that he was the man, that he could get the ball and he could make plays and he could be the guy instead of being a complimentary piece in Denver. Respect that 100%. But you better know where he is now. Because the player you just talked about is the fourth, if not fifth, option on the floor. And is he willing to be the fourth or fifth option on the floor? The last one I would say is I do think he's long and athletic and probably pretty good defensively, but he also just made a major career move based on offense, not defense, and that tells you something. And I think it's interesting that Jazz fans think he's good defensively because Donovan Mitchell torched him in the bubble. (laughs) Like, torched him. Like, it's so interesting to me that we, like, go back to Torrey Craig – and Jeremy Grant is these defensive players. Donovan killed both of them in the playoffs. Killed them. Well, the excuse, which I think Jazz fans should actually provide, is when you're really good and you're in the zone, you can make a lot of people look bad. And Donovan's really good and he is in the zone. And so he made him look bad. Okay. So, that, yeah, I'm just, I just was, you know, I've yeah. always had fun with that. Like, it's interesting yeah. to me that, like, our fan base is the one that, like, leaves Jeremy Grant. Uh, well, and I'm, I'm not completely convinced that he's coming to the Jazz. When I asked you if he changes the balance of power, you know, does he change the balance of power if he goes to any other team? Um, he would help the Lakers, but I don't know how they get that done. They don't have any draft picks either. An interesting trade deadline. The Lakers have no draft picks to trade. The Clippers have no draft picks to trade. Yeah. The Jazz have no draft picks to trade. I just read a story about this. Yeah, you're right. Suns could probably do some things with Robert Sarver's not wanting to go over the luxury tax in his career. Um, unless he thinks it's his last gas, then maybe he does something. 
Um, you know, it's just an interest. The Warriors are so far over the luxury tax. I can't imagine them making adding anything on. Um, so it's an interesting trade deadline. I think. And I, I mean, I'll be honest. I played trade machine last night. I went through every single roster on every single team. I, I didn't come up with a whole lot. All right, David, we will leave it there. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You're the best. I hope you're good. And, uh, you know, all, all good things to David James. <laughs> well, right back at you, David. Thank you. Okay. See you, buddy. Right, see ya. DJ PK. Yak's on the phone, which is odd because I think Yak wants to do something on the phone, but I don't want to say it and mess it up because I messed it up yesterday. I don't like to tease people. You want to do it now, Yak? You feeling it? All right. What do you got, Yak? So we got Jazz tickets. Uh-huh. They are for next Wednesday against the Phoenix Suns. So that's Ooh, big showdown. Big game. Yeah, big showdown. Big game. Here, now, people arena. could be really depressed by then. True. By then, let me do math. You know it's great when I do math on the radio. It could be a... Uh, 10 of 13. 10 of 13. No, even worse now, it could be 12 of 13. No, it wouldn't be 12 of 13. <laughs> they, they, play, they play tonight... Sunday, Monday. So they've lost seven of ten. There's three wins in there. Oh, okay. You're going the bigger picture. I'm, yeah, I'm going, going the shorter picture. term. Okay. I was going 2022. Gotcha. Okay. So it could get a lot worse. But we had tickets all the same. Let's On the other hand, they beat Detroit tonight. They split the road games with Golden State and Phoenix. People would be amped for that game. I'm having problems getting rid of that stat David had about the uh, blowing double-digit leads in the second half. That one's sticking with me. Well, if you want to... That one's sticking with me. Watch that not happen, hopefully. Call us right now. All right, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now, and you can win tickets to see the Jazz and the Suns next Wednesday. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.